We'll turn this morning to uh, Matthew's Gospel and to that fifth chapter. Uh, We've been working through these sayings of the Lord Jesus Christ on the Mount side. Um, We began a couple of weeks ago and took note of the words of verse 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. And we saw how that word means to make full or to fill up uh, rather than to do everything so that nobody else has to do it. Uh, And so the Lord goes on then to work through the commandments and he uh, selects here commandments which he goes from but he does take them in order. So he begins with thou shalt not kill and then goes on thou shalt not commit adultery. Then he speaks of the right eye and the right hand which Uh, really covers the idea of theft and we brought that into the consideration that adultery is a kind of theft and uh, then also coming down now to verse 33 which we will look at today uh, from verse 33 to verse 37 perhaps we'll just read those verses uh, at this time Maybe we'll uh, just read them all together. If you have the scripture open before you, we'll, uh, it's only three, four verses, so uh, we'll just say them all together and share in the reading of God's word. Again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black, but let your communication be, yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Amen. Let's again bow our heads in prayer and ask the Lord's help. Our Father, as we commit our time to Thee for this half an hour uh, or so, Lord, we pray that Thou was drawn near to us and that Thou was instruct us in righteousness. Help us, Lord, to hide the word within our hearts. Help us, Lord, to moderate our language in this world. And Lord, to be aware at all times of the sovereignty of our God and of thy holiness and lord we pray that thou was minister grace to our hearts and again that we might in all things bring glory to thy name before the men and women of this world the young people also and the boys and girls that they might know that there is a god in heaven who hears and sees all things and will bring all things in that day into judgment hear us then we ask and bless us in jesus name amen interesting um was well, interesting to me i'm hoping it'll be interesting to you too <laughs> but uh, i was studying yesterday for the word uh, to bring today i spent an awful lot of time over this portion of scripture uh, it felt to me like the the uh, uh five loaves and two fishes which needed to be uh, taken by the lord and broken amongst the five thousand uh, and it seemed very uh, um lacking in uh, in application uh, so i spent a lot of time over it and then for this evening's service we're going to look at david bringing up the ark and uh 
when I looked at that, it was like a feast had been set before me. There was so much, there was no way of taking it all in. Uh, so it was an interesting study day yesterday. But there are things which are important here, of course. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for instruction, uh, for correction. Uh, and so we come to this portion here as the Lord Jesus continues on through these laws and seeks to fill them full and to put before us the meaning of those laws and that there is more to them than certainly the Pharisees uh, thought there was and probably everybody because the Pharisees were their teachers in those days. So I want to think under three headings here once again the uh, consideration of this scripture. First of all concerning the oath. Secondly the observation that is our observation of what Jesus says and then thirdly the outworking or the application of those things. So first of all the oath then. Uh, As we have said uh, as I've said already there is uh, an example here once again taken from the law. Jesus, as I've said, uh, said that he has not come to destroy the law or unloose or make void the law or the prophets, but to fill them full and to give further instruction and to make people realize, and this is the, the key thing really, to make people realize that there is a deeper and a more spiritual application. It is not just the works which we do to be seen of men. But there is uh, the heart, which is very important, uh, because that is upon which the Lord looks. And so we see in 5.17 how the Lord uh, says that he has not come to destroy the law or the prophets. And then he goes through this law. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time. Verse 21, thou shalt not kill. Again, verse 27, ye have heard that it was said by them of old time. Uh, this uh, word by can also be to in the Greek, and I, I would prefer that, I think, uh, but you have to come down somewhere, as I often say, when you're translating from one language to another, you have to make the decision. Now, uh, translators decided to use the word by. I wonder if perhaps to would have been better. You have heard that it was said to them of old time. Uh, and again, there in verse 27, thou shalt not commit adultery. And again here in verse 33, again ye have heard that it hath been said by or to them of old time, thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. The word forswear really means to perjure yourself. We know that perjury in court is punishable by prison and uh, that that it is uh, something which is certainly uh, considered to be one of the greater crimes. Sometimes the crimes against the court can be worse than the crime you're in the court for, and uh, lying in court is something you can be imprisoned for, Uh, and contempt of court, of course, you can also be imprisoned for, and it's down to the judge's uh, discretion as to what he does with you at that point. And uh, certainly it needs to be an apology which comes back before the court. If the judge decides that apology wasn't a right apology, uh, it wasn't given sincerely, he'll just send you back to prison again until you think again. Uh, so it's quite a dangerous thing to perjure yourself. And, uh, and here, once again, the Lord says, don't perjure yourself. So thou shalt not forswear thyself. The example then which the Lord brings is concerning uh, bringing an oath or using an oath. 
The word here, then, uh, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, uh, is the thing which has just gone before, uh, and, uh, or, uh, sorry, um, yeah, which has just gone before, because a false witness, it, it is giving a testimony, really. We, we read together from Deuteronomy, and we went on into the next chapter, because all of a sudden I was thinking of the connection that was there uh, to the fact of putting away a wife. And there has to be a reason, of course. You go before the court, uh, and the, even in those days, you couldn't just say, right, well, I don't want you to anymore, get out. Uh, there had to be a bill of divorcement written, and if a bill of divorcement was written, then it had to go before a court. And if you went before a court, you would have to bring a case, and you would have to say uh, what the, that case was. And so there is this, this continuity in what Jesus is saying, which brings us through. You often find this. When you go to the references... When you think about where the scriptures have come from, what they refer to, when you look back to the Old Testament, you often find the links and the connections which follow through into the New Testament, which can give us some idea of where the mind of the person who was speaking is, is going. And to, to give a false testimony, to, to put away a wife, was not really any reason for that. As the, as the scripture says, as Jesus says, that for the hardness of your hearts, Moses gave you that uh, um, stipulation that you could write a bill of divorcement. But from the beginning, it was not so. Uh, we are to grow in, in love. We are to grow in our kindness one toward another. And lots of divorces go on in this day and age, and now uh, our government, in its uh, folly, has uh, decided that there needs to be no fault. You can just say what you like and do what you like. Of course, no different, really, than, than the rest of the country, is it? Because in these days, you don't have to get married. Uh, you can cohabit. You can have as many uh, wives or husbands as you like in, in a physical sense. Uh, you may not have a piece of paper saying, yes, I'm married to this person, uh, but nevertheless... In the view of the scripture, uh, if you are in a, a physical relationship with someone, then you're married to them. Uh, and so people have many wives. There are lots of uh, uh, situations where uh, people have had many, many wives and many, many husbands. But here there is this thought of the oath. When a person uh, comes and is married, there is an oath. When there is a bill of divorcement, there is, as it were, an oath. Uh, uh, which is given so the example which jesus is taking in here it says thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor uh, and in, in exodus chapter 20 that is in verse 16 that's in the in the ten commandments in jeremiah three twenty, the word husband is used for that same hebrew word neighbor surely as a wife treacherously departeth from her husband so have ye dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, saith the Lord. Uh, so if it can be husband, and we could always turn that around and say, surely as a, uh, as a husband dealeth treacherously uh, from his wife. There is a continuity here then. From what Jesus has just said in verse 31, this is in Matthew 5, verse 31, it hath been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. And then the continuation then, uh, going on to this forswearing of thyself. There is a connection. 
And there is always a connection in the scripture. Sometimes it can be a hard thing for us to uh, locate it or to really get hold of it where the conversation is going. And often, again, of course, this is perpetuated in the preaching of the word from many pulpits where a verse is taken. And although a context is given, yet there is no actual continuity or connection with what went before or what comes afterwards there is a lesson given but that leaves us with this uh, kind of a disjointed christianity with without any kind of a jointed uh, a joined up thinking as to what is the overall the overarching teaching of the scripture and of course the overarching teaching of the scripture here is that god or jesus christ has not come to destroy or to unloose the law but to fill it up and here he is once again doing just that so the commandment from the decalogue from the ten commandments is uh, thou shalt not steal thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor and here is that thought thou shalt not forswear thyself uh, but shalt perform unto the lord thine oaths and this is the issue that we are standing before god And for the child of God, for that one who is to have a a righteousness which exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, is this constant remembrance that if we are Christ, then God dwells within our hearts. The Spirit of God dwells within our hearts. He is bearing testimony at all times. We are standing before the Lord and we will stand before the Lord. We need to keep in mind the whole time in our lives that God is with us. That God looks upon us. That God goes where we go. That God does, uh, so to speak, uh, uh, experience what we experience. Whatsoever we do with our bodies. Whatsoever we imbibe in our bodies. We are bringing those things upon the Lord. Because the Lord is with us. The Lord is in us. And we are taking him in those situations uh, where he ought not to be taken. So the extension, there is an extension here, uh, not only of forswearing thyself, that is of, of bearing a false witness, but also of the oath which is taken before the Lord. The Lord takes it a little bit further, obviously in the Ten Commandments, and we've seen how the Ten Commandments have been followed so far. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, and thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. But he takes it a little bit further, he extends it a little bit further, and he, t- he brings into this the oath. And the reason he does that is because the false witness that we might bear is before God. That God looks upon the false witness. And that uh, God will hold us to account for those things that we speak. In other parts of the scripture too, Jesus speaks of giving account for every idle word which utters from our lips. James 2 tells us also, not James chapter 2, but James also uh, tells us to be careful what we say. Uh, The tongue is is a fire, a world of iniquity. Be careful what you utter. The extension then is here in Deuteronomy, or is here in verse, verse, uh, uh, verse 33, but thou shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. Deuteronomy 23, which is where we read earlier, When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be be sin in thee. If we make a vow before God, and Jesus really is saying here, don't make a vow before God. That's a foolish thing to do. 
Because God will require it of you if you have made a vow before him. But then he also says, but if thou shalt forbear to vow, it shall be no sin in thee. Now this can be taken in two ways, of course. First of all, if you make a vow and you don't pay it, it would be sin in thee. But also, if uh, here this can be said that if you don't make the vow, uh, then whatever you decided to do or thought you would do, you don't do it and it's not sin. Or else it could be, if you don't vow, that's not a sin. You don't have to vow. You don't have to take a vow. That's, it's not required of you to take a vow. Just for a moment to, to stop and think of a, an illustration from the New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira, who sold a parcel of land. And they said before uh, the, the congregation and they said before God that they would bring everything which they got for that parcel of land and give it to the Lord. But they didn't. They kept a part back. And here is an illustration from the New Testament. And it's, it's a, an important thing to note that so often in the scripture, God deals with a situation and he deals with it once harshly. Afterwards, he doesn't actually deal with the thing anymore. He leaves it for that day of judgment. But he sets the precedent and he tells us exactly what he thinks. And Ananias and Sapphira, they kept back apart. They had made a vow it broke that vow and they both fell down dead before the Lord. We have to be very careful what vows we make. And if we make a vow, let's keep the vow. And then also it says, uh, if thou shalt forbear to vow, that is, if you decide not to vow, it's no sin to thee. That which is gone out of thy lips, thou shalt keep and perform, even a free will offering. Even if it was of your uh, free will. Which, of course, with Ananias and Sapphira was exactly what it was. Uh, they decided, because they had seen uh, that others had uh, sold lands and brought it into the congregation that they might uh, feed the poor and care for those who had nothing, decided to do the same thing. They did it for their own uh, hubris or pride. Uh, they did it to be uh, looked upon as being something good. But they made a vow and they broke the vow and God dealt with them. If it's gone out of thy lips, thou shalt keep and perform. And a free, even a free will offering, according as thou hast vowed unto the Lord thy God, which thou hast promised with thy mouth. So here we have then this extension of the commandment in the Ten Commandments. Not just a false witness, but a vow which is broken is also a false witness. And there's a false witness before God. If you make a vow before God, then you are giving a false witness. If you say uh, a, a vow, even such as a marriage vow, and say that you will love and honor one another until death do us part, and then break that, that's a broken vow. It's a broken vow, a vow taken before God. And God will require it. So here, then, we also have this, uh, which the Lord Jesus adds, and that is at the end of verse, uh, oh, just in verse 36, neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. And we might glean from that, or uh, draw from that, that of the Nazarite vow. Now, the Nazarite vow was a vow taken before God, and uh, the, the vow was put into action in this way that the person who made that vow would come and every hair from his body would be shaved off on the day of the vow. And then afterwards, no shaving at all. So his beard would grow, his hair would grow, and it would continue to grow. Remember, Samson had a, was a Nazarite from his birth. 
And it was his long hair, uh, which is so often remembered by the boys and girls, that he had long hair because a knife uh, uh, had never come upon it to cut it. And his strength was lost when it was cut. So remember that vow. And I think that perhaps Jesus is uh, bringing in this vow by speaking about the hair. Don't even swear by the hair of your head. Don't swear by your head because you can't make a hair white or black. Uh, You can't do anything with it. Everything belongs to God. Every vow we take is taken before God, even a vow between one person and another. God will require it. Be very careful concerning the vows that you take. Secondly, then, the observation. The observation we might break up into this. First of all, the exposition. And the exposition is how that Jesus takes these words. So he says in, in verse 33, Ye have heard that it hath been said by or to them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all. And then he says, Neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool. Now these words come from that other portion that we read earlier in Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 1. And they would have been known in this Sermon on the Mount. People would have known uh, those words. And, uh, and so he refers back to the scripture. And Jesus often does that. We seek to do it in this church. I seek to do it to turn to the scriptures as much as I can and try to make connections so that we can see what the scripture is saying overall as well as in particular places. And so it says in Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 1, Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me, and where is the place of my rest? The problem, of course, that uh, was that elsewhere in the prophecies of the Old Testament, they were saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. And we'll see something about that actually tonight without using that reference, so you may not recognize it. I'm trying to remember that I said that this morning. But here they, they, are, they are swearing, as it were, by the temple of the Lord. But the Lord says, where is the house which you build me? Where is the place of my rest? And remember, in Isaiah, the temple was already built. The temple was built in the days of Solomon. But he says, I don't actually dwell in the temple. The heaven is my throne. The earth, the whole of it, is my footstool. And Jesus makes a mention of these things. And there, again, there is a connection There is a connection where we might extrapolate from the words from which the Lord Jesus makes the reference to this. The Lord says in verse 2 of Isaiah 66, For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. I made these things. I made heaven. I made earth. And Jesus is connecting this with the... The oaths which were taken in his day, swearing by heaven or swearing by earth. And he says, but when you swear by heaven or swear by earth, you are swearing by the God who made them. They belong to God. Never forget that every oath that you take is before God. And then he goes on in Isaiah in chapter 2. It says, But to this man will I look, to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. The Lord is looking to that humble heart, that one who recognizes the Lord, the one who sees the Lord as sovereign over all, 
as a God who is holy. And all the things which he seeks to do, even to please God or to appease God, he does so recognizing that they are unworthy to be brought before the Lord. He says to that one who is a contrite spirit and trembleth at his word, he that killeth an ox as if he slew a man. That he might recognize that the ox which is given in sacrifice is representative. That it is death. That death is our end and God's judgment upon sin. That he that sacrifices the lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck. The dog, of course, an unclean animal under the law. But here he sacrifices a lamb, which is what God has given in his grace to the children of Israel, that when they sin, they might come before him. And he says, but even when they do that, don't, don't, don't rest in the sacrifice. It's really not worthy. And of course, the writer to the Hebrews says that the blood of bulls and of goats can't take away sin. It's the person who recognizes this. He that offereth an oblation, as if he offered swine's blood. And again, of course, the swine was an unclean animal. But it's an oblation. It's something which is given to God. And yet he says, don't reckon anything by it. He that burneth incense, as if he blessed an idol. So the best that we can bring, all our righteousness, as Isaiah says in another place, are as filthy rags. This is the person that the Lord looks upon. This is the person that the Lord desires, someone with a contrite spirit and who trembles at the word, who recognizes who God is. Jesus draws this into this conversation. Recognize that your oaths are before God. This, this swearing which can go on, the oaths that are taken, saying, well, of course I'm telling the truth. I swear by heaven. Uh, or in this day and age, sometimes people say, I swear on my, on my mother's grave. Or whatever else they might take to affirm that they're telling the truth. The Lord says, all of these things belong to God. Ultimately, you are swearing by God. And God will hold you to account. If you make a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee. <clears throat> Therefore, Jesus says, swear not at all. As for the Jerusalem, that comes from Psalm 48 and verse 2, where we read, Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. And here, of course, Jesus makes reference to that. For he says, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Again, a verse and a word which would have been known by the Jews. But it's, it's God's city. You may swear by Jerusalem, but it's God's city. And don't swear by it either. Because everything you swear by, ultimately you are swearing in the, in the presence of Almighty God. And there is a commentary, really, which is also given by Matthew. And if you turn over the pages of Matthew to chapter 23... Matthew 23. <clears throat> of course, you can find a, a scriptural commentary on the scripture. You, then you are in a, in a lush place. 
Matthew 23, verse 16, Jesus speaks and he says, Woe unto you, ye blind guides. And in verse 13, he is speaking to the scribes and Pharisees. For there he says, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Verse 16, then, woe unto you, ye blind guides, which say, whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind. He is saying, you don't recognize what you're saying. Whether is greater the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. And again, you see, here is the commentary. What is greater, the heavens or the God who created the heavens. If we swear by the heavens, that's fine. But we mustn't swear by God. But, but Jesus is saying, no, you shouldn't swear by the heavens either. Because God created the heavens. And again, in verse 18, Whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. But whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift. Not a gift until it's upon the altar. It's the altar which is the important thing here, once again. And the heavens, well, the heavens are nothing until God created them. Whosoever therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it and by all things thereon. Whosoever shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it and by him that dwelleth therein. And he that shall swear by heaven, sweareth by the throne of God and by him that sitteth thereon. Here is the commentary which Jesus gives later on in the scripture. And Matthew uh, is moved by the Holy Ghost to write. So to extrapolate then, once again from these things, the oaths that are taken are taken before God. That brings us back not just to this part of the Ten Commandments, which says, uh, thou, shalt not, um, uh, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, but also against the third commandment. For the third commandment says, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. And we are taking the Lord's name in vain. If we're making vows, vows which we are not intending to keep, Vows which we are intending to keep, but we don't have power to keep. James says, we ought not to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go into such and such a city and I'm going to work for a certain time. But what we ought to say is, if God will. Don't make vows that you don't have power to keep. Only the Lord really is able to keep a vow. We'll see that in just a moment. In Leviticus 19, verse 11, Ye shall not steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another, and ye shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shalt thou profane the name of the Lord, of thy God. I am the Lord. See the connection once again. Neither lie one to another, ye shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shalt thou profane, profane thy name, the name of thy God. I am the Lord. And again, Numbers 30 and verse 2, If a man vow a vow unto the Lord, or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. Now Jesus is saying to us, if you're a Christian, then uh, if we are to walk with the Lord, then let your yea mean yea. If you say yes, then you mean it. If you say no, then you need it. You mean it. You don't need to add anything to that. You don't have to swear by it. 
Let everybody know that your word is your bond. He that sweareth to his own heart and yet carries it out, that's the person that the Lord looks upon. We do as much as we can to fulfill. We have an intention and we will fulfill that intention. That is the testimony that we should bear. Finally then, the outworking. The avoidance, first of all. The avoidance of the vow. Jesus says, but I say unto you, swear not at all. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Paul takes up that same thought in Corinthians, as he writes to the Corinthians, that we should be as good as our word. That's the outworking. And that's how we avoid coming under the condemnation of God. But then also we can say in the outworking of it, there is a compliant oath. Because there is an oath in the scripture, there are oaths in the scripture, and even in the New Testament, there are oaths, or it's, we could certainly say, um, even if we were to, to quibble over it, we could say they are very close to oaths. So first of all, there is this compliant oath, and that is the oath of God himself. God takes an oath. But when we read of God's oath, it says, first of all, in Hebrews 6 and verse 13, for when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. So first of all, the, the oath which he takes is an oath which he intends to keep. And of course, if God intends something, he does it. It's an oath which he gives because it is something which men do to, to affirm and he can't swear by anybody greater than himself because he is the creator of all things. It is also, when we think about it, God saying, my yea is yea, my nay and, and nay is nay. And as Paul writes to the Corinthians, uh, all things are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. So the, the Lord is doing both of these things. It is a compliant oath because he says these things and he swears by himself. And by two immutable things, the scripture says. What are the two immutable things? The, thing un, the two unchangeable things. First of all, that God said it. Secondly, that he swears by himself. And God doesn't change. So just his word we can take. The fact that he swears by himself. He is just saying, really, this is... I, 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 want, to, I want to affirm this to you so that you get hold of this, Abraham. This is not for my benefit because I, I, only, I only need to think it and it will be done. But I want you to believe it and therefore I testify even with an oath by myself. Again, Isaiah 45 verse 23, I have sworn by myself the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. The Lord swears by himself this is both an oath and a pronouncement that his yea is yea and his nay is nay there is also in the new testament a confident oath and these are uh, words of the apostle paul he says first of all moreover i call for call for a record upon my soul i call god for a record upon my soul that to spare you i came not as yet unto corinth that this was the purpose you might think the sun kept me back, but actually I didn't come because I wanted to give you time. 
And we don't have time to go into what, what all the situation was, but he does call upon God, but he does it knowingly, and he doesn't swear by heaven. He doesn't swear in some way of, 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 of saying, well, I'm not really swearing by God. But he understands completely that when he makes this oath, he is making it by God. It is the truth. And he is making them realize that what he speaks is the truth. In Galatians 1.20, Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God, I lie not. And again, uh, he is, of course, preaching the gospel. And he is swearing by God, but not by heaven, and not by earth, not by Jerusalem, not by something which really is swearing before, before God, but kind of um, is an equivocation. But he just comes straight out and he says, Now the things I write unto you, behold, before God, I lie not. There's no confusion in Paul's mind. If we're taking an oath, then let's take it directly before God. But be awfully careful what you swear by God's name. And then there is a considered oath. And that considered oath, which is what we were just saying, be very careful what we swear in God's name. Psalm 15 verse 4, In whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoureth them that fear the Lord, he that sweareth to his own hurt, and changeth not. Even if we have made an oath, and it turns out that it was a bad one, if we do it anyway, because we have made an oath before God, this is the only kind of oath we should ever take. One that we have been carefully, carefully considered, because God will require it of us. Again, <clears throat> mention that verse from James in verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 13. Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy a sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapour that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that you ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. And again, James picks up on this thought again. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. So the instruction of the Lord here then, for the child of God, is that we ought not to take oaths. If we take oaths, let them be considered. Let them be considered as before God. God will take into account every idle word. Be careful what our tongues utter. And let's be careful, even when we come before the Lord with every intention, let's not make an oath before the Lord. But let us plead his grace and his mercy. Let us tremble at his word. Let us be of a contrite heart. Unto this man, the Lord says, will I look. May the Lord bless his word to us and to our understanding.